0: Got a special episode of the Jack and Kathy Shit Show for you. Um, <laughs> um periodically we're gonna bring you some interviews with guests. We met this wonderful guy named Paul Zolman Z O L M A N yes. out of Utah. It's where he resides, I think, if I recall correctly. Oh, I don't think I you're don't recalling remember. correctly at I'm not, all. Well, no, I looked online. Speaking. I don't think so. I looked online. Okay. Anyway, we met Paul. Yes. Um Paul's great, really cool dude. He has this um Product called Roll of Love, mm-hmm. which is a play on words. It's actually his website is R O L E O F L O V E. I spelled that right. There we go. <laughs> roll of Love, and he he takes this concept of the uh, love languages and turns it into a dice game, where um, you give service or physical whatever touch, you roll or whatever it is, day, wherever you roll it. Get it's a really cool concept.
1: mm Hmm. <laughs> You're you wanna, so eloquent why don't this you morning chi- as you leave. Why don't you in. chime in? <laughs> Paul has an interesting family history and background. What uh, He tells a story of what brought him to create this, this game, essentially, in order to bring more love into people's relationships. And that could be a partnership. It could be family. It could be your children. It could be friends and coworkers. And um, how it gave him a new perspective and a new... Um, level of consciousness for who, the man that he wanted to be. Yeah, really,
0: really cool stuff. So take yeah. a listen. This is uh, Paul Zolman. Paul Zolman. It's the Jack and
1: Kathy show. show. And there we go. Okay. That. That was, I Ellen.
0: think. I think. If yeah. Okay. That's terrible. Hey, Paul Zolman, what's the good word? How are you?
1: Hello, Paul.
2: Hi, Jack. Hi, Kathy. So happy to be with you today.
1: Happy to have you here. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. When we look at the screen, we can see, obviously, we know who you are, what you do. It says Paul Zolman, role of love, which I love. Once you explain what it is that you do, it'll all make sense how the word role has a double meaning for what you do. And there's tell a us a very
0: nice double entendre on <laughs> play on words. I think so, it's fantastic. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, tell us more about your background and your personal relationship journey, how you got to where you are.
2: Thank you, Kathy. It's mm-hmm. it's actually, I started out in a family that was really pretty angry, and I wanted to move away from that angry culture. That angry culture, Kathy and Jack, looks like there's no boundaries, there's always to the put down some you're putting somebody down to raise you up. It's all that culture that has the vocabulary, has the sarcastic humor, it has just all that couched together within that angry background. And abuse is all part of it. It's all and I did not want to be in that uh in that mm-hmm. type of environment my whole life. I wanted something better. So I've been searching for a long time. You know, all teenagers at about age 17 or 18 years old say, I'm never going to be just like my parents. And I'm never going to, never going to do what they did. Obviously, unless they're (laughs) really good parents. But even then, sometimes they'll say, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I I said that as well. But I found myself having very same habits as my father. My brother had it too. I think it's really a generational thing that what mm. we would what we do is stack annoyance on top of annoyance, on top of annoyance, on top of annoyance, until the, the the straw broke the camel's back and there was a flash of anger. It would happen in public. It would happen privately. Mm. When, when it happens in public, it's like you're the one in the swimming pool that had an accident. Everybody scatters. It wasn't me. wasn't me. It wasn't me. And it was just that kind of situation. you repel mm. people, repel people, and I did not want to do that. Mm.
1: Did you have a you know, at what age did you have an awareness that something could be different? Or did you have someone that you met, or mentor that you witnessed, or just something like? I just wonder. You know, we we learn things from our families, mm-hmm. and and sometimes we don't know anything else until we go out into the world. Do you do you remember that influence, or or what made you decide within yourself? There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way, a healthier great.
2: way. That's a great question, Kathy. And for for me, really, it was my older brother. And mm-hmm. so, when I was seventeen years old, I left home after my junior year of high school. I went to live with him. He had two small children, and I'm number ten of eleven children. And it, I didn't have any little babies that I could hold and and or little children to play with. And it was just really a fun time with them. He was a really good father, except when he was annoyed, 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 and mm-hmm. had that flash. And he also had that same pattern. And um, so it was scary when mm-hmm. you could see that he was flashing, or when he was ha- having been annoyed about anything. And so <clears throat> I wanted to change that pattern. But at that time, I didn't have the wherewithal to be able to do anything like that. But I knew that there yeah. was a better better life, because he was actually doing it. He was a college graduate, my father graduated from eighth grade. So I think education plays a huge part in yeah. how you how you treat your family and anybody mm-hmm. around you
1: hmm Definitely. And it sounds like the influence of seeing those little children and then almost seeing it again through their eyes and what they are witnessing and mm-hmm. saying, Oh, that can't be good. That just can't be a good influence. Yeah.
2: Exactly. They were experiencing much of what I was what I had experienced that uh, that when they're when that anger hits. There's absolutely no regard for anybody, no feelings, right. no, no regard for feelings, no regard for emotions, no regard for mm-hmm. anything. That it's that person is primo in their own mind, and whatever they do is is just what they're doing at that moment in time. And I found right. it to be a really kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And mm-hmm. I I wanted to just I'm un, unprogramming, un- get this mm-hmm. away from. From my psyche get it away from just my family myself get it away yeah
1: yeah and what were those what was the next move for you like what was the action you took was it one big fell swoop of a change or did, was it these microscopic moments that you just started to internally make a difference within yourself
2: i think kathy that's a great question uh, there's there's moments in our life that we'll have an experience to say, oh, that didn't turn out really well. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I actually realized that, you know, at age 35, that paradigm shift started for me that I thought, you know, I got to stop blaming my father for all this that he passed down to me mm-hmm. or that I absorbed from them mm-hmm. while. While they were living, he was—he had been dead for seven years by that time, and right. I was still—I was still blaming my father, even though he's dead. He can't respond. I can't uh, mm-hmm. sort it out with him. I was still blaming him when I realized that I was playing the victim and playing that blame game. I, and mm-hmm. I realized I, I, this has to stop. I've got to take responsibility. And it was like a wake-up call. Oh, I'm responsible now at age mm-hmm. thirty-five for my own yeah. actions. 35 yeah, right, years old. Right. I'm a late
1: bloomer. <laughs> yeah. I'm still blooming. Yeah, so we're still blooming. Trust me. Stones. <laughs> I just said to my daughter the other day, I'm like, I don't know how at nearly 58 years old, I still have shit I'm still working on. Yeah, I would have thought when I was young, I'd, you know.
0: By this age, we'd have it all nailed down.
1: all, you, you know, right. and you'd be coasting. Right. Who knew that life could Art get even it. more challenging <laughs> right. than when you were. Right when you were younger, trying to figure it all out. It, and uh, it's beautiful. You know, it's a great thing. But it's, uh, we're all still a work in progress.
2: Really, we are. And it's a sobering awakening when it happens. It really, is, mm-hmm. It's almost a depressing moment. But actually, it should be a really enlivening moment, because it, now you've got that anger that I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Now you've got that motivation to actually make a change. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you've got all the cause to do it.
1: Was therapy a part of your journey, Paul?
2: I actually went through some therapy, but you know, I my family was rather poor growing up. Mm-hmm. Number ten mm-hmm. of eleven children. I don't mm-hmm. didn't even go to the dentist until I was nineteen years old. I yes. had no oh my. All that hard water that I drank from the tap had had no cavities. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> no, no. It was amazing, really. He killed everything uh, the, in your mouth. The, the, Well, the funny thing about that is, you know, I was playing t- baseball when I was 12 years old and I was sitting on the sidelines and this guy struck out. And he got so mad for the last swing when he struck out that he threw his bat and I'm sitting on the sidelines. I'm watching, watching, watching. It hits me right in the mouth and chips my front tooth. And, yeah. and I had a chipped tooth, but I had no cavities. And, and that chip that chip even that chip tooth was uh, stung and it was still chipped i I told you I'd never been to the dentist even that yeah. chip oh. chip tooth wow. wasn't something wow. that that my family felt that they could take care of so so wow. t- going to going to the dentist and doing those sort of things really was mm-hmm. kind of an extracurricular activity
1: well um, and and you and you're right that therapy is sort of a luxury for mm. those that can afford it right right it, it, because it's not um yeah, it's not it's not inexpensive. It takes means to yeah. do that, you know? And uh even more kudos to you for doing the self work and uh getting to where you are today. So did you
2: fix the chip? I did it. See? Got right. <laughs> <laughs> it was all taken care
1: of. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I I for a while you had a really cool spitting gap where you could oh, yeah. like you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> I did. water I, out of your teeth or exactly. something.
2: Exactly. <laughs> the swim back to the swimming pool again. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. So now you you've got your personal reflection. You realize you want to change pace and do some things differently. Tell us where you migrate to
2: next. So what happens next really, and then there's several years, but what happens next is that really this anger and some other things were contributory to the demise of my first marriage. Mm -hmm. So, so I get divorced. I'm single. I actually have primary custody of the five remaining children of five of eight, and so I've I've got custody. And when she's got them on the weekend, I decide I'm going to just have a little fun with this midlife crisis that I have right now. Yeah, (laughs) and and why not? Then so so I decided I'm going to go online, and this was way back um, early. early 2000, I'd go online and I'd find women that lived in a different city. And then I was in a different town. We'd pick a town, we'd meet, we'd have a date, and then we'd go back home. So I called it destination dating. So I, I went several places, of destination dating, Jacksonville, Florida, Daytona Beach, Atlanta, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, New York City, Kansas City, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, Vegas. Cabo San Lucas, Nashville. You're picking all yeah.
0: these wonderful places, by the yeah. way, buddy. Where, uh, where is, was, where's Nebraska, North Dakota? What about Alaska?
2: Well, I, <laughs> I, 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 already ex- been, I I'd already been to Nebraska and Those are North, expensive dates, Nebraska. too. Yeah, it expensive. was it wasn't, it wasn't, Some people it wasn't,
1: just need for a cup of coffee.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't cheap. It was uh, I spent <laughs> right. more more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, but uh, an and, adventure. And, it was an adventure for about a year and a half, but then yeah. then the song, the words of the song start coming to mind. So looking for love in all the wrong places. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, then it just wasn't working. I thought I had a line on someone and, and I actually moved to Phoenix for that person. It didn't turn out. So while I'm in Phoenix, my ex-wife, this is three and a half years after the divorce. She decides now she wants primary custody of the last three because she was going to go live with her parents. Now her, I I didn't, as number 10 of 11, I didn't even meet my grandfathers, they were all had all passed away before I was even born. But I had a grandmother that was 350 miles west and a grandmother that was 350 miles east. Hmm. And it was just occasionally that I saw them. So I thought this would be a great opportunity for these last three children to actually have an opportunity to, to get to know their grandparents. And mm-hmm. so I relinquished mm-hmm. primary custody to her for these last three children, and so I'm all alone. Yeah. While I'm uh, while I'm all alone, my older sister calls calls me and said that uh, she had a neighbor that she, she wanted to introduce to me. She thought I was lonely. Maybe I yeah. was. I pro- probably was. But yeah. Uh, Well, you're broke,
0: too, at this point. Yeah, exactly. Might as well well pick someone down the block.
2: Exactly. So, (laughs) and when I find out my sister's seven hours away and this lady's seven hours away, I said, you know what, sister, I'm not going to do that because I've already done this destination dating thing. It doesn't work out. Yep. And she's an older sister. Remember, I'm 10, 11. You have to do what your older siblings tell. That's right. In the day, Jack and Kathy, I was the human remote control. I had shorter legs. I had to run up to the TV for my brothers and sisters. Oh, said, yeah. Go oh, yeah, change yeah. that channel. Go turn that <laughs> knob. Or, or, or the phone would ring. Get, phone ring.
1: Get the phone. Go, Get there, go answer, answer the you're the phone. answering
2: machine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was all that. So yep. anyway, so she says, oh, come on. I said, I don't want to do it. And and so I said, well, I'll email her. What kind of relationship could you develop with email? I just was half-heartedly doing it. And she yeah. says, oh, okay. This lady turned out to be a really good writer, and we were having a fun interchange. Uh-huh. So I, yeah. I started to get a little bit brave, and and we hadn't called or talked at, at all at that point in time, just email. Yeah. So, so I got brave, and as brave as I could be in email, I said, how many times have you been married? And she writes back and says, counting the five that are buried in the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> And I I roared with laughter. She Uh, sounds great. Absolutely. I roared with laughter myself. I thought, I got a a live one here. I got someone with with personality. Somebody's got a sense of humor. I want to pursue this a little bit. So I started pursuing it and and we got a little closer. And then I ended up moving up to where my sister was at and we got more serious. So after we're serious, now it's time for big brother approval. Always have to have that as the number 10 of 11. Yeah. and So went up to my brother's house, three hundred miles north, and first thing that happened when we went in the house is that my sister in law pulls her aside and says, "The only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger." Mm-hmm. At first, first I denied wow. it, said, "Uh, uh," then it made me mad. Right. <laughs> and she's like, it "Was uh. anger? Wait, what?" Hello, prove my point. Yeah, That's exactly. Great. So I'm busted. And, and so I realized at that point that this really can be a turning point. I can either stop that, that mm. reputation or that perception that people had of the Zolman family or ke- keep it going. Yeah. I realized that, that this would be a perfect opportunity to just stop it. So I started realizing, well, what would be the opposite of anger? And just realize that I need to be more loving and just pursue mm-hmm. kind of loving attributes. try to mm-hmm. get into a loving culture. So I mm-hmm. started reading the color code and then the five love languages. and mm-hmm. I really liked yes. the pr- principles of the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gary Chapman was a pastor. He said that mm-hmm. these five love languages reconcile to the life of Jesus Christ. I was mm-hmm. Christian, I still am, and wanted to thought that that would be a really good path. You know, he was a really mm-hmm. good person, and then that would be a really mm-hmm. good path to, mm-hmm. to try to go. But coming from that culture of anger that I came from, I didn't get it. I read the book yeah. four, four or five times. You could have offered me a million dollars, and I couldn't after all four or five times. I could not spit out all the five love languages. Wow. It just, it just I went through the book. The book didn't go through me. Yeah. So the what I did get out of it, it says, Jack and Kathy, if I guess what your love languages are, and cater to that, you're, we're going to be buddies. And he's mm-hmm. and Doctor Chapman called that love. You know, I, I came from a, a a family of angry people, and that wasn't love. And, and that didn't sound like love either. Sound like yep. a ma- manipulation or or something something else. That's right. So that yeah. didn't work. That didn't work for me. So yeah. well, Doctor Chapman, do you have any other suggestions? And and he's got this survey in the book. If you take this survey, then you find out what your love language is. That's right. Mm. What am I supposed to do with that? Advertise? Hello, yeah. Jack and Kathy. I'm gifts. What do you have for me today? <laughs> right. I, I could get little, button, show little me buttons. Show you love me. Right. Uh, yeah, tell me you love me. Show me you love yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. I like yeah. that. That's that's a better button. Put show me you love me. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm gifts. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And so what got for me today?
1: Cash so, is fine. I take Apple Pay. <laughs> right. So, there you so. go.
2: My Venmo is yeah exactly. Right. Uh, so Venmo you know, is my love language. Uh, I like that. You know, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a good one. So just it was just not working. But I had an idea. You know, our family is dysfunctional as we were. We played games growing up. Even there was still this the put downs, the smack talk, all the aggressive competition. It was all there but it just pulled our family together. And I thought, well, maybe I can make this a game. So I contacted mm-hmm. Dr. Chapman and said, are you licensing those little pictures or the little icons that you have for the love mm-hmm. languages? And after a little while, this attorney wrote back and said, no, we're not doing that at this time. But I had a friend here in town that ha- is a copyright attorney, intellectual property attorney. Mm-hmm. And I went to him and talked to him about, about my idea. He said this. He said, theory, like the love language theory, is not copyrightable. Application is. So how you how you apply that theory is is the copyright. So what I did is I created my own icons. It took a couple of years to create my icons, but I created my own icons and put it on a cube. Yep. 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 Love them. Love it. So Yeah, it's very
1: clear what each one was. You selected very, very That's
2: the Venmo Venmo one right there.
1: Yeah, that's that, uh, the Venmo.
2: No, that's not the Venmo. No, that's right. service. That, that's, service. That, that's service. That's service. Yeah. That, I guess that could be service. You could yeah, service. Yeah. That's that's words. Is, this, love Language this, this words. The words.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. that gifts.
2: Yep. It's gifts well, I can't see. No, it's a. It's an oh, hour that's glass. a time. That's, oh That's a time. Oh, that's time. The okay. Gift that's of time. time. okay. Time. Quality time. Yep. Sorry.
1: Quality time. That's Those gifts. Yeah. can see it better
2: now. Yep. And and then the last one is touch, touch, touch. Yep. touch. So yeah. five, five love languages, six sides on the cube. This one surprised me. Yeah. So there's, yeah. so there's just two instructions. You roll the cube every day. Whatever it lands on, that's a love language you practice giving away all day that day, mm-hmm. all day, all day to mm-hmm. everyone. So remember, I'm single at the time and don't have a significant other. I said, Doctor Chapman, who in the heck am I going to love? And then I realized, oh, I guess I just have to love everybody. And for yeah. me for me it was absolutely perfect. I needed something that was absolutely consistent. I don't know anybody that is with their significant other 24/7. Some people say thank goodness. Others just they dislike just being with together. And um there are the thank goodness couples and, and they're out there. But anyway, I just I I had to develop a consistency, a different uh, a different discipline, a different habit to replace what that angry habit was of stacking, stacking, stacking all the annoyances to that flash of anger. So what this did for me is I now do roll the die, do kindnesses every day. And now I stack kindness on top of kindness, on top of kindness, on top of Mm -hmm. kindness. And what that does is stair-step you to higher laws of love. Mm. These really become the basics that every, everybody should know. This is the foundation that everybody yeah. should have. They should right. know all five love languages. And by rolling the, the cube over a 30-day period, you will have given away all five love languages so that you know them backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. That's quite mm-hmm. different than what Dr. Chapman has in his book. You mm-hmm. that and You're just trying to learn your significant other and practice mm-hmm. giving that to them. This is different. Giving it to everybody and watching yes. when they light up. When they light right. up, now you've discovered what their primary, secondary love language is. No longer do you have to have those awkward moments to say, excuse me, could you pause this relationship for a minute while I have you take this survey so I know how right. to love you? You don't have yeah. to do that anymore. No more awkward. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know what's interesting? As you say this, Kathy and I are big fans of um, Dan Buettner and his Blue Zones Uh, lifestyle and not sure if you're familiar with it, but uh, he's got a Netflix documentary that highlights places where people live to be a hundred. And most people, most people associate such things with genetics or diet. And what he demonstrates is that it's, it's a lot more than that. So it's community, it's socialization, certainly those things diet. One of the things he talks about often is charity. And that we find more peace when we actually give things away. So it's interesting when we talk about the love languages, because when I first read the book, probably eight years ago, Paul, I, like you, felt awkward when I was trying to have a greater connection with my children, because it was right after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And like you, I felt that, how do I ask the kids to take this so that I can respond to them better and then not feel like I'm manipulating them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took some practice. I just recall also giving it to people at work because the love language just has one for coworkers. It's just a very awkward place to be and I promise I will land this plane. It's a very awkward place to be and to say, hey, like you just said, hey, can you do me a favor and take this so I know how to respond to you better? And when I dove deeper into the love languages. Sometimes mine, I know what my primary ones are, right? But, and gifts is not one of them. However, Mm -hmm. it sure is cool when Kathy gives me a gift, Mm -hmm. right? And so I love the concept that the role of love, R O L E and R O L L, Mm -hmm. presents. It says, rather than me try to understand and respond specifically to you, I'm just going to give that away today. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give away, well, physical touch may be a little awkward with people you don't know, but. (laughs) You know my point, right? I'm gonna write high yeah. fives, uh, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to do that, and and I like the concept that you've created of I'm going to give this away today. I'm going to be, I'm going to lead with kindness. I'm going to lead with love, and I'm going to show up. And however that spreads itself, um, it spreads. I love that mm-hmm. concept because we can't always ask and try to navigate. And even if I know Kathy's physical touch, that may not be the day that that matches for her. Right? Mm-hmm. That that card that shows up where she may not be a gifts, might be a gifts person still warms her. So I love this concept. So I, I land the plane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember one of our early dates, if not the first date we had, you maybe was, even said, what are, one, what yeah. is your love language? And I just mm. answered. Yes. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like them all. Yeah. I'm sure there are some I respond to more than others, but I sort of, I definitely, need the touch i definitely need the words i love the time because i did not have that in my past you know with mm-hmm. my ex like just sharing in that time that's all special um and the occasional gift is is fantastic and mm-hmm. just he'll make me matcha in the morning so just yes 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 and and have you in your experience ever found that you are expecting a certain reaction when you when you give of yourself in this way or you're trying to be very conscientious to be giving in your environment and sometimes it meets a wall, be that a relationship, a coworker, a family, a friend, or something?
2: Great question, Kathy. Have, no one's ever asked that question. But I think mm-hmm. that the consciousness that you're practicing every day, you're watching for those walls. You're watching for the yeah. light people that light up. When yeah. you hit a when you hit a wall, obviously that's not their love language. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day. And it's funny that you you say that because yeah, I, I used to have that tough love for my kids when said, Well, maybe you'll like next meal a little bit better. When they said, I don't like this. And you know, they'll say yeah. that from, from the time to time. And and so then they started, well. I guess if I'm not getting anything else, I'm going to have to eat. And, and so they decide that they're going to eat whatever it is. And this yeah. is very interesting that we're talking about this too, that you don't have to eat tacos the rest of your, every day of the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't.
2: And you don't have to receive that specific language. Variety is the spice of life. This is cube mm-hmm. provides that as you R O L L roll it outside of you that mm-hmm. changes you inside. ROLL R-O-L-E will right. change change you inside. Right. And it really right. really is benefits to them. And it's benefits to you. No longer though is it about you or me. Mm-hmm. It's not about mm-hmm. us. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And when we yes. make it, make it about them, we really get I, I get a charge when I make someone's day. When Absolutely. you're helping, helping someone have up the best day ever by something that you've done to help them, uh, love sending love their way, and they're going to do that to their circles of influence as well. They're going to tell about it, tell how wonderful mm-hmm. that day was and what made it wonderful. You get so great satisfaction out of doing that. And so really the whole idea is though that you're sending it out without any expectation of anything ever coming back. Trusting. That's
1: key, right? That's key. Absol- we, we absolutely have key. have to yeah. do this work and have this, this action with not knowing how it will be received. Yeah, no
0: focus on the output. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. So, they're, you're just sending it out, and then you're trusting the laws of the universe that are already in place, mm-hmm. that were in place before we were ever born. The mm-hmm. law of the harvest, karma, the law of attraction, all those were set in place before we ever arrived on the earth. I mm-hmm. so will bring it back. The the opposite, if you send anger out, that's a boomerang that as it goes up, it gets gains gravity and velocity coming back, and it's gonna come back to you ten times worse than you send it out. So just be yeah. careful how how you send anger out. It, it's not a good mm-hmm. idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me some uh tell us some uh Anecdotes, if you have any, of people that have used the role of love and what impact it's had on their lives.
2: Great question, Jack. I tested this with obviously several people, but one was a family of five children. The youngest was four years old. Four-year-old, uh, one day he rolled, he rolled physical touch, and he's jumping up and down. And says yes, physical touch, physical touch. And and immediately he goes and beats up on his older brothers. (laughs) And so the Uh, mother's really trying to suppress all the laughter and trying to suppress, say, no, son, this would be appropriate physical touch. And all the siblings are all right there. So it's a perfect teaching moment for that young child to teach them. High five, mm. fist bump, a hug would be appropriate physical touch. Mm-hmm. Be- beating up on someone's not. And, and it yes. was just a perfect teaching moment. That's yeah. one, one example. Another example is that I have this couple that I tested it with. She is a school teacher and is a real estate developer. And she does not like gifts. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't just that's the worst mm-hmm. for her. So and he knew that and and but she likes words. One day he rolled the gifts. Said, what the heck am I gonna do? And he he then he had this idea. Oh, I'll write her a note, put it in a box, and give it to her. She was absolutely del- delighted. Yeah. Beautiful. So so really I, I look at gifts as kind of kind of the one that is the, mm-hmm. the love language is more of an umbrella of all the other love languages, because you can give someone a hug as a gift. You can give yeah, some, right. some, someone a note or or that's just right. words of kindness as a gift. You that's can right. give give of your time or you, right. can, ser- or you can serve them. It really right. is the mm-hmm. umbrella of all of them. So don't be really stressed out when mm-hmm. you roll gifts. I had a son that absolutely was stressed out, rolled gifts once. He said, I'm not going to do that today. That's too expensive. Rolled it again. I'm not doing that. Rolled it again. Ah. Uh-huh. Rolled it again. It was gifts. He says, "I guess I'm doing gifts today." So I just had, had to walk him through how how it can be. It doesn't have to be something that you buy.
1: Yes, yes, that's a very good point. And and I love the stories. I I think uh, originally, or most people think of this love language as something you do with your partner, mm-hmm. you know, and to imagine that it's as a family with your friends with coworkers mm-hmm. with you know i think that is really a beautiful expansion of this this concept of what i cuz i really did i think love and i think of a partner
2: mm-hmm. and that's
1: not the case you know we can yeah. spread that love and um to everyone that we we come in contact with so that's really cool well, that I, you know it, the it,
0: children it, were doing it too yeah i two things to that I, it worked for me and my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they, you think you know your kids as a parent, right? And um, and again, I don't want anyone listening to feel that when you turn towards someone that it's duplicitous anyway, or deceptive. And so in the story I'm telling you, it might sound deceptive, but when my youngest son was over at the house, he was probably sophomore in high school. I'd ask them to take the love languages because I really wanted to hone in. And if they were more like Kathy, where they were just broadly expanded through all of them, I went, okay, I've got an idea of how to respond, but my son was very specific. And 90% on both, and zero on three others, Mm. quality time and physical touch. Now, he's also 6'3", 200 pounds, big muscular kid, plays college sports. So, of course, at the time, and he was relatively big then too. I'm going, how am I going to do physical touch other than fist bumps? Right. Because I sensed there was more than that. Well, where I'm going with this story is there was a day when I needed work done at my house. We were divorced at this point. He was with his mom. Um, he was coming over to visit. And I really wanted to get work done. I had a list of things to do. And so, uh, quality time is not his. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, Hey, um, no, I take that back. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was physical touch and and, uh, and quality time. So, but that has to be on his terms, right? Not mine. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Hey, I've got a list of chores today. But what would you rather do? Is there something else you'd like to? Because I don't have to get this done, which wasn't true. I had to get it done. But I want to turn toward him, and I think that's to me the biggest lesson of this role of love. Mm-hmm. So turning toward others. So I said, "What would you like to do today? So we haven't played catch in a while. He said, baseball catch with a mitt, right? All that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Just play catch, have a catch. I said, yeah, oh, let's do it. So we go have a catch. We're having a ball mm-hmm. with that. And I said, you getting hungry? And he went, oh man, I'm starving. And he loves this one place that I was never a big fan of down the block from my house. Mm-hmm. So he goes, I'd like to go to that restaurant and have a burger. So we go over there, have a restaurant, have a burger, come back. He wants, I said, what do you want to do next? And he gives me this, what's going on today, right? And I went, well, i us just hang out with you. I'm just glad you're with me. He said, well, I'd really like to watch this TV show because I haven't seen the latest episode, whatever it was. I said, you got it. Let's sit down and watch it. He falls asleep on my shoulder. I'm about to get weepy here. Mm -hmm. He's a big kid, falls asleep on my shoulder with his arms kind of like this. He hadn't done that since he was six years old. Yeah. And then it dawned on me that I just responded in a way that met all of his needs. And so my point is now coming full circle to what you do. I love that concept of saying, I'm going to show up for somebody else, despite the fact that I have all these personal needs, because that's sometimes the hard part about all this, right? Is I need my love. I need my stuff. So I think it's really cool that the love languages worked with my kids. I like to expand it even more where it'd be fun if and we don't have a family per se anymore. We've got everyone around. But it'd be cool to use this at Christmas time, for example, or during the holidays mm-hmm. that that in the same way we have the twelve days of Christmas, the twelve rolls of love, right? Mm-hmm. Where we giving you some ideas there Paul oh, nice. <laughs> where, like where it. we, but it's really talking about giving giving up of ourselves in some capacity and using the love languages in your particular, um, die to do that, the the role of love. So anyway, I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. I love the idea of how families can integrate this into their lives, and it's worked for me. So I appreciate all that you're doing.
1: Have you found that um, people that do this, like, again, uh, I guess I'll think of a couple. Communication is such a huge part of a solid mm-hmm. relationship, right? I imagine that this this die, rolling the die and the 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 love languages and the exercise engages people to communicate in ways and at levels and depths that they hadn't.
2: Absolutely, Kathy. And that's a really good point. Something that happened for me is that um, after learning the five love language, now by giving it away, now I got that peripheral vision to see it when it comes my way. Prior to that I agree with Dr. Chapman that most people will give what they like they'll give it away in hopes for of that reciprocity it's not a, it's this is not a reality show this is not let's make a deal and it's mm-hmm. not right. a trans, tra- not a transaction yeah tra- transactions are business this is sending love out so if you send it out in hopes that it's coming back it's a transaction it's not mm-hmm. doesn't have that purest part of love that you really need You need sending it out without regard of it ever coming back. So I think that the communication, to be able to see it now when it comes back, oh, they're loving on me, it's not my primary love language, but Mm -hmm. I can respond to that. It happens Mm -hmm. all the time. And My wife now doesn't roll the die, but she likes to discover, or by what I'm doing, she'll discover, what are you doing today? In fact, Mm it's so funny. I was in church on Sunday and this this guy saw me i had my arm around my wife and he uh, he talked to me afterwards and he said i know what your love language i know what you rolled today
1: oh, <laughs> i love that, I love and, that. And,
2: and i put my arms up and just gave him a big big hug said bring yeah. it in yeah. bring it all yeah, right. in <laughs> and he was laughing hysterically because yeah. i was now i'm doing it to him too cuz he he saw yeah. what i was doing yeah. So that's it's, cool it's, it's
1: that's really really, really cool yeah so that what
2: that is, type of communication really really works well i loved your story jack too and about your son and, and for, as far as sports go you know football players really like the the chest bump and that might be something you want yeah, to yeah i'll try yeah, that next yeah jump up <laughs> a little
0: bit yeah <laughs> i'm afraid it bump. might hurt
2: myself it's worth a yeah. try or
1: you or can try let
0: that. him do the jump. right yeah right uh, hey or, tell me yeah, yeah i'm go sorry good you go you go
2: or or you could just do a fancy handshake do do come right. yeah, up with something a, a 10 step handshake and that really is unique to just those two individuals that's right and, and that real that's a, the best one of the best physical touches that you can I do love it. just create one of those handshakes
0: well let's talk about so you good segue here what are some other ways that roll of love can be used you mentioned obviously rolling it for yourself during the day you've mentioned that families mm-hmm. can use it what are some other applications you've either would suggest or you experienced
2: Great question, Jack. What I'm doing right now is I'm tested into the school system, so they'll mm-hmm. roll they'll roll the die at the beginning of the day. I'm testing in K through six. So mm-hmm. young, oh, that's young, so
1: great! Wow,
2: so young children that can't even read can see what what they are, just like the four year old mm-hmm. did. He could see, yes, physical touch, and he could understand what that really meant. And and then the, the teachers there obviously obviously as a referee, but at the beginning of class, it takes less than two seconds to roll roll the cube. The, the teacher says for maybe 30 or 45 seconds class, this is what we're looking for today. This is what that type of behavior looks like. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, what I've got the, the kids doing is that they'll record what they rolled, opportunities they saw to love in that way, what they did about wow. those opportunities. That's so, so
1: fantastic.
2: So now at age six or at age seven, eight or nine or 10 or 11, 12, at these young ages, now these children are responsible for their actions. They don't have to wait like I did until thirty-five to realize, oh, I have to take yeah. responsibility for what I'm doing. They have nobody to blame, and yeah. really, I, I believe this is going to tamp down a lot of bullying, a lot of misbehavior, because now, now they have to report, they have to write it out. The teacher yeah. does, a, does a check mark and and reads the stories. The good stories she'll save till the next day and and read them in front of the class. Look what Johnny did yesterday. Look what Mary did yesterday. And Mm -hmm. read those stories in front of the class. Send it home. Those astute parents will actually collect those in chronological order at the end of that school year. Now Mm -hmm. what do you have? You have a love journal for that first grader or that second grader or that sixth grader. Something that they'll be able to look back on 10 years, 20 years down the road, 50 years down the road, and say, wasn't that really cool? How I loved my first grade teacher. I remember my first grade teacher. I remember her name. But I don't remember second, third, fourth, or fifth. I do remember Mm -hmm. sixth. But I remember those teachers probably because there was love in that classroom. It was was something different than I had at home. And it it just Mm -hmm. burned into my memory that Mm -hmm. kindness and their name. What a yeah. neat
0: application. That's that really, really, cool. really cool. I love that you're starting when they're young too. So mm-hmm. it becomes a part of their lives. It's a great idea. It's Paul, fun how long, how it's long fun. have
1: you been doing the work that you do with your role of love, the die, the, the book, the, the, you know, the whole so, body of work? How long have you been doing it?
2: So the, the the die actually was something that I was working on first, and I, I was struggling at the time. So in two thousand fifteen is when I when I actually did my prototype. I ah. did it's a two and a half inch cube block of wood, yep. yeah. and a, at first it had sharp edges, just like I did, and right. ang- angry guy. <laughs> it was very yeah. very very. There's some parallels there that uh, I I had sharp edges, so did that block of wood. But Mm. I found that with the sharp edges on the block of wood, if I put physical touch on top and that's what I wanted for that day, I just have to roll it and it would just come up. It was like a weighted die. It would would not roll very good at all because those are sharp edges. It would come up physical touch. I I could choose what I wanted that day. It wasn't working well at all. So I had to round off the corners and just make it a little less sharp. And then started it started to work. Like I said, it took two years for the artwork, for, for the icons, for this one to come together. And so I got this copyrighted in 2017. The book, uh, I, I was taking this around, going to uh, mental health specialists, and, and they were saying, you've really got to have an instruction manual on this because mm. it's quite quite different than what Dr. Chapman was doing. And mm-hmm. a, quite a different philosophy, quite a different way it, that it's presented. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I n- needed that instruction book. And so last year I talked to one of these mental health therapists, and he suggested that I write a book. His actually endorsement of, of the book writing is the first endorsement with the, within the book. Mm-hmm. And so the book is published just this year. Nice. Oh, that's great.
1: Very nice. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Paul. We have absolutely loved talking with you. Thank you. It's been a great, great conversation. So as we wrap up here, and we hope to see you again in these airwaves called the Jack and Kathy Shit Show.
1: Mm,
2: as we wrap
0: up here, we're definitely going to post this in um, social media so people have a chance to grab and get their hands on The Role of Love and your book. Before we do that, can you tell everyone where they can get this and how they can uh, purchase these things and be a part of your network
2: great question Jack thank you very much so there's a couple ways that they can find this if they're international they may want to find it on Amazon they mm-hmm. can find the the journal they can find the book it's also in Kindle format and in audible format those nice. lis- listening to the podcast may want to go on Amazon you don't want to type in role of love. Because you're going to get love this, love that, love a million things. Type yeah. in, type in Paul Zolman, it'll come right up, and then you can order the audible version. Uh, that's probably very conducive to those that are listening to this podcast and, and okay. just listening, not viewing it. The second way to find it uh, is is on my website, rolloflove.com, r o l e of love.com. You can buy the book, the journal, and and the cube all for in a bundle package. For a lot less than even one therapy session. Yeah,
1: 20,
2: yeah that's it's, great. It's on it's on sale right now, about 20% off the, the retail price. It's uh, on sale for $29.99. Yeah. Okay. Plus, plus shipping. But wonderful. Great Christmas gift. Yeah. And this wasn't
1: intentional in our timing, but it no. really would be a wonderful Christmas gift. <laughs> it
0: really is. So, I love yeah. all of it. And it's
1: not too late to order So That's right, for sure, wonderful, wonderful. You just listened to another episode of the Jack and Kathy Shit Show. All recording, engineering, and production provided by us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram at Jack and Kathy Shit Show for more insight into our shit show of a life. This episode is proudly brought to you by Pint Productions. Point. Point.